lifts him in praise. God bless you.
Redeemer, Defender, our great and mighty Savior. There's no one higher than you. You are always with us, gracious to forgive us. By your power we've been set free. Lord, we stand amazed in your presence, astounded by your mercy and love. Our hands are lifted high in surrender. Your 
because I have waited a long, long time for this moment. Thank the Lord. I want to preach to you for a little while today, and you can't gauge this based on what's, what's happened here this morning. You, you can't gauge the title of my sermon off of this morning. It, 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 you have to take a whole lot more uh, into account. I say that tongue-in-cheek. <clears throat> Is it time for Pentecost again. Maybe five or six, maybe ten. Maybe ten. Let me ask you again. Does anybody here believe with all of your heart that it could be time for just a good outpouring of the Holy Ghost and Grace Church? Hallelujah. I'm going to preach about it today. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord today. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. And you uh, front two rows, first two sections, I need you today. Y'all uh, get behind me. It won't take you long to catch up with me. In our 28 years at Grace Church as pastor, we have seen some mighty moves of God. Yes, we have. Even since we've been in this building, we've seen some exceptionally beautiful, tremendous moves of God. We've seen miracles, signs, and wonders. God has done some truly amazing things. And I believe we've reached a point in time. Everybody say in time. I believe we've reached a point in time where God wants to pour out His Spirit Again, I believe that. I'm not preaching a generic sermon here today, and don't fasten your seatbelt. It is now up to us, it's now up to us to realize with all of our heart and with all of our mind that it is time for a manifestation of Pentecost at Grace Church again. Everybody say amen. amen. Thank the Lord. I believe we've reached that time. I'm going to move kind of quick because I don't want to keep you here for about two hours. I want to share with you today three different scripture settings. And as I read them, 
I want you to notice that the Bible gives a specific time for each setting, for each event. It's interesting to me that God chose through the inspiration of His Spirit to each writer that as you are recording these events, I would like for you to notice the clock. I'd like for you to look at the calendar and pay attention to the time. Everybody say the time. My title today is it time. And I believe God is wanting to direct us to a clock, to a calendar that's up to Him, not us. Everything I'm going to share with you today was up to Him, not them. I need somebody to start getting on board with me here today. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. I want to begin today in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him under the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship, everybody say the ship, the church, his disciples, his believers, the ship, everybody say the ship. The ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves. Anybody relate to that over the past couple of years? The wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, God, through divine inspiration, had Matthew notice that this event happened. Look at your watch, Matthew. Pay attention to the calendar here, bud. This is one time you can watch the clock. And I want you to record an event that's fixed to be mind-blowing and mind-boggling to those involved in it. And pay attention to the time. Hallelujah. Y'all don't know where I'm going with this, but I do, and I'm getting excited already. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. Now, I have to tell you right here, right now, that they were already scared of the storm. They were already terrified because of the storm. Now they're terrified because of Jesus. It's going to be important later. Y'all with me? And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a spirit. They cried out for fear. But straightway, or immediately, when Jesus knew that they had just seen him, while the storm was still going on, he said, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Hallelujah. That's awesome right there. God 
chose the time to come to them, not them. Hello. Need to make sure y'all are with me. On October the 4th, 2020, I preached to you a sermon that God gave me in July of the same year. I titled it, It is Time to Leave Gadara. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand and see if you remember that I preached that or not. But I remember preaching it. God gave me that when I went to bed one night in July at about midnight and I wallowed, literally wallowed, till about 6 a.m. I woke Sister Murphy up speaking in tongues. And I came to you, you'll notice from July to October before I felt like I could preach it here. Part of what God spoke to me was that he had told his disciples, in this case, this is a different storm. This is the first storm. You have to realize that. This was their first storm on the stormy sea. God spoke to me and told me that he told them just to go to the other side of the sea. I felt like, and I preached to you that Sunday, that they could have chosen anywhere on the other side to go. God did not give them a specific direction. Wherever they were going didn't work because that storm came. They were terrified and they ended up coming to a complete stop in the middle of the sea while that storm was raging. Those of you that may remember, I preached to you that Sunday I believe God showed me that there was nothing wrong with their ship that they were in. There was nothing wrong with the boat. That if they just stayed in the ship, just stay, just stay right there, everything would be okay. If you try to jump out, this is important for later. If you try to hop out right now, it's going to be disaster. There was nothing wrong with the ship that caused that much fear. It wasn't because the ship was falling apart. It was because the storm was so bad. Does everybody understand that? They were safe as long as they stayed in the ship because he was in the ship with them. He was asleep, but he was with them. Notice the screen. They allowed the storm to cause them to be terrified Instead of realizing that the ship was holding together and that he was with them, asleep, but with them. For about a year and a half into this pandemic, we responded much the same way. It terrified us, but the church held together. The church stayed together. We've got to see that. You have to understand that. The church didn't go anywhere. We may have been stopped at a dead standstill in the middle of the sea for a little while, but the ship held together. Then in the fall of last year, I believe that God said to Grace Church, Peace be still. It happened Sunday, September the 5th, 2021. I preached to you a message that God again gave me. I titled it, This Bunch. Since that Sunday... We've not been the same. In the scripture setting I just read, 
was a different time and the disciples were facing another storm. It wasn't the same storm as the previous one that I just referenced. It was a different storm and about the same kind of storm. But I want you to notice their response this time. The first time Jesus was in the ship with them, asleep but with them. This time he is not with them. Notice the screen. This time was different. This storm was different in that they were afraid of the storm again. But this time there was something else causing them to be afraid. So they had two sources of fear going on here. Jesus was coming to them. Listen to pastor. Jesus was coming to them. But the way he chose to come to them scared the living daylights out of them. It was this presence, this ghost coming to them, walking on the water. Man, if I was one of their ages right now, I'd run around this building about four times and come right back up here and preach. Y'all aren't hearing me. You ain't got on board with me yet. You're trying. I applaud you. You're with me, but you don't see what's coming. Watch this. They were seeing. Come on, Grace Church. They were seeing a manifestation of God like they had never seen before. They had never seen their Jesus walk on water knowing full good well that's not even possible. We've heard that over and over and over. Jesus was coming to them walking on the water. But notice the time. He was coming to them in the fourth watch of the night. Between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. It was pitch black. It was storming. They had been up all night. They're tired. They're exhausted. They're frustrated. They're afraid. And here he comes. Again. He came when he wanted to. I'm sure they had been praying all night long. I'm sure they had been praying for several hours by now. But he didn't show up until he was ready. This has happened to some of us. Pitch black, storming, and here he comes. It's happened to some of us to some of our families, to some of our friends. For some of us, and even people we know, we've gone through some moments of extreme hurt, anxiety, fear, loneliness, depression, and even times of severe questioning. As God, why? People we know have lost their children to drug overdoses, car accidents, we've seen marriages fail and fall apart, and we've seen many even leave Grace Church. I submit to you this morning that Jesus has chosen this time to come to us. 
need a, I need a few more people on board with me right now. God has chosen. It's been a long night. It's been a stormy night. I'm tired. You're tired. We're all exhausted. We're weary with COVID and the tragedy and the heartbreak. Let me preach to you something today. He's coming. He's coming. I see him. I love her. Show you know you love her. I submit to you today that he's come to me. Yes, he has. And he's coming to some of you right now. He's coming. If you'll lift up your eyes and if you'll look through the storm, if you'll focus real good, you'll see him. He's coming. My God, he's coming. My God, he's coming. Oh, God. You may be seated. Thank you. Let me see if you agree and even maybe understand this point. Things don't feel, when it comes to church, culture, jobs, school, everything. Things don't feel and look the same as they did before the pandemic. Did the pandemic cause this posture in us or was it something else? It is good. Maybe all of this has been God's way of getting us to see Him like we've never seen Him before so that the next time trial and hardship comes, our faith won't fail us quite so easily like it did before. You know what's interesting to me about this stormy, stormy, stormy sea thing? They went through one and failed miserably. They went through the second one, but didn't. Do you read about any more stormy seas after that? With these 12 men? I don't. It's like God said, you just passed one of the most difficult times in your life because you were all experienced at what you do. And I let, allowed something to happen to you that scared the living daylights out of you. And now you understand. You finally have seen me. The way I want you to see me. Oh, God. Watch this. Watch this. Boy, I'm excited. Y'all never thought of this. My scholars over here, you, you didn't think of this. Don't come out and run after church. Donnie, don't you run up here and tell me you thought of this. You, you didn't think of this. In the first storm, early on in their little discipleship ministry with Jesus, in the first storm, when he was asleep on the boat, no one even had an inkling of a thought to get out of it. To get out of that boat. Oh boy. Oh boy. They showed no sign of wanting to get out of the ship and try their hand at walking on the water. But this time. Now you understand. They were tired, they were wore out, they were burnt out, they were afraid, they were full of anxiety, they were, they were depressed. Where's, where's Jesus, where's Jesus, where's Jesus? And when he comes, for the first time recorded in scripture and all the experience they had with Jesus, Simon Peter jumped up 
and ran to the, ran to the bow of that boat and said, Lord, oh God, if it be thou, bid me come unto you on the water. Our storm hasn't passed. We still have this COVID business and all these variants and they're predicting more coming. It's getting better. Some of you don't want to believe that. But they, it ain't nearly like it was when it first broke. It is getting a little better. It is. And I just feel like, Wanda Riddick, you don't know the, the, the shot you fired that night. I talked to you after our, our, uh, our prayer meeting on Tuesday night several weeks ago. She said, I may paraphrase, paraphrase a little bit, but she said, in 2022, Pastor, when we start seeing miracles again, I thought, my Lord, you have no idea what's been going through my mind. You have no idea what you've been feeling. You know what she told me in the midst of all this mask-wearing pandemic vaccination, this and that, and all of this traveling and all this stuff we're going on? She's back there saying, I want to get out of this boat, man. I, I want to get out of this stuff. I feel like there's something else I can do. I feel like God wants to take me to a place I've never been before. I feel like God is stirring my heart. I feel like God is doing something on the inside of me. I feel like there's, there's something going on. I believe with all of my heart today that God has come to Grace Church. He's here right now. He's walking up and down these aisles, and he just wants to know, hey, is there somebody that wants to get out of this boat and come to me? Come to me. I'm here. I'm here. Come to me. Come to me. Y'all, y'all sit down for a minute. I didn't pick my legs up like that in I don't know how long. feel like I've been on a Stairmaster or something at the gym. Hadn't been on one of them in a long time either. Do y'all know about aisle running? Oh, buddy, the stair. All of them could have just been an emoji on anybody's phone right there. Our running is when you're at church and you really feel this move and surge of the Holy Ghost. And you say, I just can't stand myself anymore. And you leave that seat. Y'all know what that is? All right. Just fall that thought away. Now, y'all are what, junior high and high school sitting over here? Y'all don't know about all the pride yet and all the, well, I don't know. You come over here, this one's on this side over here. The college. The smarty pants people over here. Yeah, I know everything. This is just a, this is a brain. that His brain goes from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. He knows everything. If you don't believe him, just ask his mama. Y'all know about all running? I'm just, I'm not going to ask you to do nothing. Not yet, anyway. But it might be coming. Y'all know about dancing? You do. You told me you did. Don't get all embarrassed now. She used to be a ballet person before she got in church. I'm not making fun. I'm not having fun. But I asked her, we, we talked about it, and I told her I might mention this one day. Why can't you change partners and still do your ballet? I would love to see her just come up here and <laughs> she
She ain't dancing with him. She's dancing with him. And I think it's okay when you get excited about Jesus and you say, God, can I come to you? I'd like to dance for a little while out in the middle of a stormy sea. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God's moving right now. God's moving right now. He's talking to somebody right now. Thank you, Sister Anita. You did exactly what I was hoping somebody would do. I'm going to get out in the aisle, and I don't feel like it. It's storming all around me, and things are horrible all around me. But I'm going to get out in the aisle, and I'm going to rejoice because I see Jesus. I see Jesus. There you go. That's a start right there. That's a start right there. Everybody clap your hands. I see him. I see him. And I'm excited about what I see. You may be seated. Hey, y'all watch this. Y'all watch. Oh, boy, that face right there says, oh, no. Y'all know about Oliver? Dancing and shouting. I just want to see. This is a, the Holy Trinity sitting over here. That's right. Y'all tell old Pastor Murphy's back yet or not? God has lifted a burden off of my shoulders. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. Oh, yes, he is. All right. I got a little more preaching to do. This next scripture setting that I want to read to you is found in Luke 24. And it is telling of an event that happened right after the resurrection. In fact, this event happened on the same day Jesus resurrected from the dead. Same day. In Luke 24, and one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered, said unto him, to Jesus, this man said this to Jesus. Are you only a stranger in Jerusalem that you've not known the things which have come to pass and, and, and therein in these days? And he, Jesus, said unto them, playing along with the game, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, God had blinded them so they couldn't recognize Jesus. I'm going to come to that in just a minute. Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted. We trusted that it had been he, Jesus, the Messiah, the one to redeem us, that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. All right, Luke, God's telling him when he's recording this event. Yes, Luke. Now, Luke wrote this book years and years later. Y'all understand that. He told Luke, go back to your desk calendar. Pull up your iPhone, Luke, and scroll through your calendar. Because I want you to write this time down. 
I want you to point out and I want you to note it. That when Jesus is walking beside these two disciples headed to Emmaus, which means a warm bath or warm springs, I want you to let everybody know that it's the third day. I heard Lonnie Treadway preach this at because of the time years ago when he preached, you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. He brought this point out, and I've never forgotten it. When, when they said, when they said, not Jesus, them. When Cleopas said, told Jesus, who he thought was a stranger in Jerusalem, that it's the third day. Don't you think that a little light bulb should have went off in his head, a little ding-dong clicking around up there? Don't you think it should have brought back to memory some things that Jesus had said just a couple of months ago? He told Jesus that this is the third day after they killed him. Well, come on, Schmo. What did Jesus say was going to happen on the third day? You moron. Did not you hear anything that he said for the three and a half years he was on this planet? They're terrified to look at me. <laughs> Y'all are so funny. I feel good today. Y'all gonna have to give me some latitude. <laughs> Let me go on. I believe that this is where many others are today. We have some among us that believed, but they don't believe anymore. Not like they used to. We trusted, and it just didn't happen, not the way we thought it would. They've gotten discouraged, tired, burnt out, disillusioned, unhappy, and they've walked away or in there in the process of walking away. Jesus somehow wasn't everything they expected him to be. They attend church but are not really in the church. Some, if they had a choice, would probably not come at all. Some come because of their because their spouse wants them to, or because their kids want them to. They are kind of like these two disciples on their way to Emmaus. They say he promised he would do this and that, but I haven't seen it. It's like he just went away and died. I consider myself to still be a disciple. But I really don't believe anymore. Jesus just isn't to me what he once was. I may be privy to some of your feelings and thoughts, or maybe not. But this one thing I do know. Where things have been rough to navigate and hard to sort out over the past two years. I've been feeling a presence walking beside me. Like I've not felt before. And if you're honest, you have to. Listen to me, Grace Church. Things just feel different. We don't know what it is. You can't put our, we can't put our finger on all of it. But it feels different. The environment's different. The atmosphere's different. It seems like faith is different. Watch this. Watch. Read with you, you can follow along on the screen. The Jesus that they once knew really didn't exist 
like they once knew him. Did y'all hear what I just said? It kind of does away with the testimony that, well, I've known the Lord for the past 50 years. Not anymore. Not like you used to. Let me tell you what the difference was. It's in the rest of the statement. The Jesus that they were getting acquainted with now has nail prints in his hands. And he has just defied hell. All of it. He has defied Satan and every lasting one of his demons. He has just defied death and the grave and Caesar and the Romans and the Pharisees and the Sadducees who didn't even believe in the resurrection of the dead. That Jesus was walking beside them that day. I get it. Multiplying loaves and fish is amazing and mind-boggling and I'd love to see it. But Melanie, there ain't nothing like it when you're in a bad place in a pit of despair and, and, and isolation and loneliness and fear and all this mess we've been going through. And you're walking along one day and this hand slips inside your hand. But it feels different. Oh God. Oh God. Because this hand, this hand has nail scars in it. And Jesus has done in front of their very eyes what they thought was the most impossible thing to happen. They beat him to death and he defied it all and rose up out of the grave. Is anybody hearing me now? You want something to jump about? You want something to dance about? You want something to rejoice about? Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. This hand. Somebody needs to hear the word of God. And I'm going to make a statement I've not heard anyone else say. But we're having a new and real revelation of Jesus. We are seeing, may I say, a mid-COVID, I believe a post-COVID. We're seeing a post-COVID Jesus. It doesn't mean that COVID has gone away. But we've repositioned and restructured and rebuilt our faith. So that it doesn't matter if COVID is going on or not. This much. This much. I want to tell Grace Church, his hands around you, the way he embraces you, the way he talks to you, the way he moves on you, is going to feel different than it did before COVID hit. We're still living in the third day because Jesus is still living. We're still here. The power, the authority of the resurrection, Brother Billy, is real in our world today. I don't care what anybody said. Jesus said, I am he that was dead and I am alive forevermore. This should have us on our feet dancing, shouting, running, rejoicing, 
Jesus defied the devil. He defied hell. He defied the grave. And we've defied COVID. We've defied it. Most of us have had it, but we're still here. And we still have some excitement in our heart. All right. All right, sit down. I'm almost done. I always found it amazing, Brother Billy, when Jeff Arnold would say, can I have another minute? Because he took it anyway. So I'm not going to ask. In Matthew 14, the Bible said he came to them in the fourth watch of the night. Luke 24, he was walking with them on the third day. Watch this. Acts chapter 2. We all know that when the day of Pentecost was fully come. We all know that, right? Y'all don't be afraid to shake your head up and down. I'm not going to embarrass you about nothing. I'm not going to ask you to run the aisles. Skipping down to verse 12 of Acts chapter 2. And the crowd gathered around the upper room. They were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? And others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. These are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour. Nine o'clock in the morning. Way too early for people to be drunk and loaded and stoned and staggering with garbled speech and glazed over eyes. It's way too early for that. They're not drunk like you think. wonder what would happen if that happened to all of us. I wonder what it would do to us if that happened to all of us. Everybody just staggered out of this building today. Nobody could even drive home or too intoxicated. You get pulled over and they do a breathalyzer test and it show all zeros. I could see the sheriff deputy. What's wrong with this thing? Hey, Bob, you got a breathalyzer test in your car. Mine don't seem to be working. Here, blow into this straw. Miss Stippler, blow into this straw. That's all zeros again. Let me call headquarters. See if somebody can bring another one out here. They're not, they weren't drunk as they thought they were drunk. They were just right on the tail end of the darkest night that that nation had ever known in history. They were just on the tail end of it. And God, it wasn't an event that they planned. God, God chose the date. God chose the time. And he told the crowd, this is Jesus. But there's a difference in this Jesus. The disciples post-resurrection held a nail-scarred hand. But the people post-Pentecost had the whole essence of Jesus in them. If holding a nail-scarred hand is pretty cool, what is it like when he's on the inside of you? Oh, God. I don't know how to explain it any more than they did. But nonetheless, voila. 
this is their new reality. They have to grow accustomed to a Jesus in them, not just with them. They were given a simple commandment, a very simple commandment. And if they chose to believe it, and if they chose to obey it, their lives would become amazingly, wonderfully, awesomely different. And they could take that event and turn their world upside down with it. Why can't the same thing happen to us? Here's the commandment, and I'm done. Stand with me, I'm done. In Acts chapter 1, verse 1, the former treaties have a made oath the office of all the things he's being invoked to teach. Until the day which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments, not options and not suggestions, commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them. You don't depart from Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Go to your calendar. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. It's imminent. It's coming. I want to say to Grace Church with everything in me I believe it's time on God's calendar for us to experience a Pentecost like we've not known before their first event Jesus walked on the water and that's pretty impressive their second event is he held their hand with a nail scarred hand it's pretty amazing but get Jesus in you and see what happens I love it when Jesus walks with me but I like it better when he's in me I just feel a little more confident. I feel a little more courage. I feel a little more boldness. I feel a little more faith and excitement and encouragement and inspiration when I feel Him inside of me. I want to see rejoicing at Grace Church again. I want to see shouting and dancing and aisle running at Grace Church again. Now you know why I asked the question. I want to see miracles and signs and wonders at Grace Church again. I believe we've reached that time on God's clock, on God's calendar, where He wants to do it. Where He wants to do it. I believe that Grace Church is in a place where all of us, everybody here today, has been given the same commandment. Why stand ye here gazing, looking around up at the sky and all around you, trying to figure out what just happened? Quit doing that. You're not going to figure it out. You're not going to understand it. You can analyze it until you're old and gray-headed. You're not going to understand it. What I do want you to understand is I've given you a commandment. If you'll go to Jerusalem to a designated place at a designated time, I'm going to pour out the Holy Ghost all over you, and you're just going to be beside yourself. Standing. Got two affirmations while I preach today. Sister Anita, 
And now, Michelle, I was hoping somebody would catch on and walk up here and say, I'm not going to wait for him to open these offices yet. I can't wait any longer for that to happen. I want to be filled up with the Holy Ghost again. I want to experience the day of Pentecost again. And I can't wait for it any longer. I can't wait any longer. I would to God that every Sunday school teacher, every singer, all my production booth people, our ushers, musicians, JV teams, Bob's dads, everybody, receive ye the Holy Ghost. right now to lift your hands, to lift your face and receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Let the Spirit of the Lord come on the inside of you until you speak in a heavenly language. Come on somebody, open your heart let it happen. You'll turn your world upside down if you'll get full of the Holy Ghost. Everybody here today to be filled up. 